0: Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we have a longtime listener and, and patron, Commissar Whiskers, coming in with actually a very unique prompt, mostly because it's sourced from our Discord. So before we get into that, Let's go ahead and remind you that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. We've also got a YouTube now, so if you prefer to watch it or listen to the podcast on YouTube, go ahead and pop on over there, give it a like, comment, feed the algorithms, because we are now slaves to the, the master that is Google. I mean, we've been like that for a while, but anyway, uh, we're still inexplicably over on Twitter at Let's World Build. We are also on Discord where conversations happen, where we can do world building as we're going to get into from Commissar Whiskers today. So if you're interested in that or just want to chat with us about world building or anything in particular, uh, you can always go to our Discord channel. The link for that in the description. If you are feeling particularly generous Want to give us a nice tip or just interested in our sweet, sweet patron only content. We have a Patreon where you can go give us money and get cool stuff back in return, including patron only episodes like the Aphid Lounge. That's only available to patrons. The too hot for broadcast stuff that we just, for whatever reason, either it's too tangential or dear God, maybe we just don't want to feed the algorithm the bad stuff. And uh, all sorts of other goodies that I'm currently blanking on. But they exist. All that stuff you can find on our Patreon. So with all of that out of the way, let's dive right into the prompt. And again, this is an interesting one. So a big thank you to Commissar Whiskers. Uh, Big ol' smooch from me on this one. And the prompt itself is, the Elder Race, Progenitors, whatever your world calls them, they were a super advanced race from the early days of the galaxy. They always leave behind powerful artifacts And they're always long dead, except for that one wizard looking guy the main characters meet. But what about their story? So the tenets, there are four tenets this time. And normally we'd be like, oh, I don't know about that one. But this is a group effort. So I'm actually pretty excited. So the first one is from Commissar Whiskers himself, who says, my own tenet is that the Big Bang was the culmination of a god war and scattered bits of gods throughout the stars. Early life in the universe tends to happen near God bits. I like God bits. Mm-hmm. So the others were crowdsourced and used with permission, though they have been paraphrased. From Honestly Kidding, we have the first intelligent life are descendants of God flora. Think guts, skin, organisms that live therein. The second one, this time around, the cycle will break. So Bit of a meta comment there, Jay, but appreciate it nonetheless, because, yeah, we, we do like our cyclical tales. That's true. And number three, coming in from Narogi, with the universe full of God stuff, enough exposure to magical radiation allows magic. Enough focus on that God stuff can awaken that bit of God. So kind of horrifying, but I like it a lot. Now, Courtney, why don't you get us started today? Because I'm excited to dive right into this prompt.
1: Sure. Uh, My first one is that even though intelligent life descended from the god flora, those remnants of the gods are extremely dangerous to living creatures. Uh, Mm. If, for example, you were to fly a spaceship through a god-based nebula or walk through a field of god bits on the ground, you wouldn't be doing so good.
0: Interesting.
1: Interesting.
0: What so when you when you say that you wouldn't be doing so good, what are you picturing? What's the effect? Is it like radiation? Is it something else? What do you got here? What are you
1: thinking? I figured we could work on that and like kind of see mm. what we want to go for. Cause it could be something that's like just straight out fatal. Mm. Or we could go for something that's more like a slow radiation, like uh Neuro-Gee had implied,
2: mm-hmm. based on
1: like how long you're actually in the zone for. Mm-hmm. So any any number of things I think could be possible here.
0: Interesting. Well, unless Daniel wants to chime in here, I actually think that one of my tenets works pretty well when it comes to uh, this segue, uh, I would say.
2: Yeah, I I think um, I think that will be interesting. It makes me wonder what uh, why the gods are toxic in a sense to the god Mm remnants are toxic to the world. Mm. And there's a number of possible answers to that, of course. Yeah, I was
1: like kind of I mean, I haven't decided on it fully, but thinking a bit about how um that idea of like when you gaze upon like an elder god you you yes. lose your mind sort of thing so mm-hmm. it could be something along those lines where it's That'd like too much yeah. for you to comprehend and you just uh-huh. break from that
0: oh yeah mm-hmm. that that could definitely work
2: sounds about right yeah <laughs> uh
0: again just gonna pivot right here because i feel like I, I gotta talk about my my tenet because it works so well with what we're talking about i wanted to say for my tenet that the gods that were blown apart in this God war are just straight up evil and want to destroy the Mm -hmm. universe. And so the war that actually sparked the creation of the universe, what the sentient beings of the universe are born from is straight up evil. And (laughs) it's a good thing that the God war happened because that's what I think of when I think of the God war is like, you know, Oh, it's a heroic thing where, you know, like they're fighting against the No, no, no. These things, the gods themselves, straight up evil. And I thought it'd be kind of a fun subversion as well, that sentient life comes not from the best aspects of godhood, but the most evil and parasitic and all that good stuff. Plus when we add in Courtney's tenet, I feel like that works remarkably well because they're effectively like just chunks of pure evil, just sitting out there in the universe, you know?
1: Yeah. And no, that totally fits with mine. Maybe that's yeah what causes people to just, Lose their lives or lose their minds when they come across this stuff is like just being exposed mm-hmm. to literal pure evil.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm picturing in a video game when you blow up something and there's literal bits everywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm also thinking about Event Horizon as well. By the way, uh-huh. where it's just like but
1: I'm actually going to be watching that tonight. Yeah. Have you not seen Event Horizon? No, never. Okay. No, I didn't realize you didn't see it. Oh. No.
0: Oh.
2: Okay, it is a mid so don't, movie, but yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. No, so I won't say anything. I else might have spoiled it. I'm glad I didn't say anything I was about to say. I, something I yeah. well. No, I,
1: I've definitely like seen references to it and I, yeah. I know vaguely what happens, but mm-hmm. yeah.
2: <laughs> so in terms of this tenant, um we're thinking like of the classical conception of evil. So like something that's destructive and you know, fundamentally um just malicious, plainly.
0: Malicious, selfish. They Mm -hmm. want to consume the universe and something has stopped them.
2: Yes. And there's, there's a sense of um, uh, intelligence rather than animalistic intelligence. Intent.
0: Yeah. There's a great bit from calamity, which is a live play with Brennan Lee Mulligan as the DM. And he has this bit where they effectively meet Asmodeus, you know, like the devil. And it's not enough that you know like this thing is evil it's that he wants you to know that it hates you so much it hates your existence your being your existence is an affront to it
2: as a devil as a god kind of like a cosmic evil um that has fundamental qualities of what we think of as Mm -hmm. evil
0: okay but it's also personal i want to make sure that that is also in there too you know but yeah effectively that's what we're going for
1: I'm wondering then, and I don't know if either of you have tenets around this, I don't actually, but um, based on the tenet from Jay, this time around the cycle will break, I wonder if like life forms because these gods have destroyed themselves and eventually those gods reform and again destroy themselves and so on and so forth.
2: Oh, that's really good, actually. My reaction to that part of his tenet is, of Mm -hmm. course, to try and subvert it as much as possible. Only because, like Daniel, (laughs) well, our um, one of our pet peeves, always mine, is cycles and universal cycles Mm because I feel like that's come Mm -hmm. up a lot. So the idea of like, oh, the Big Bang is just the thing that happens over and over again and just repeats. Like, Mm -hmm. it gets really tiresome. So I'm wondering, is there something we can do with it that's very weird? So like, Mm -hmm. it does something strange to the idea of a cycle you know and what you're saying would make sense it would just solve mm-hmm. it yeah. but i'm wondering like yeah. could there be something that takes cycle to mean something else you know as opposed to what we're going to think it means
0: i i have to admit i'm very attracted to the idea of like the gods reforming themselves like mm-hmm. as part of a cycle so like that is attractive in breaking that like baby i'm like no the gods are just dead they're they're angry about it but they're dead like that is that is pretty attractive to me but i'm also open for counter arguments daniel like i like the idea of like warping the cycle like making sure that a cycle does not exist but when you say weird what are you looking for here exactly what are we trying to do
2: um i think if we say that the events of the narrative aren't going to have anything to do with a cycle that might solve it you know what I mean? So, like, if we say, like, in the past, this has happened a bunch of times, and now they're broken mm-hmm. apart, right? And so they the story is not going to talk about them reforming again and then us defeating that again, because that's right. just repeating uh, the uh, cycle. That's fine, but you can have a cycle, I think, in the back burner as part of the narrative of history, right? I just don't want the narrative to repeat that, because we've done things like that before, Oh,
0: well, okay. <laughs> well if if that's the case can't we just say like this is the beginning of a new age like that's right. and, like something that has never mm-hmm. happened before actually yeah you might even be able to get kind of meta with it and be like they know that this cycle has happened over and over again and this is mm-hmm. the first time that it hasn't happened and they're like mm-hmm. oh This is so outside of what we're used to that it's almost uncomfortable, you know? Or even
2: to say like the Big Bang was the event that was different and it's what shattered them, it breaks the cycle. And so in the past, maybe they had been broken many times and reformed, but there Mm -hmm. weren't an endless progression of Big Bangs in the past. This Big Bang was important and the creation of life is the result of breaking them and that's not undoable, at least as far as we understand so far. Yeah.
1: Um, So like the difference between like a... a hand-to-hand combat in the past yes. it's like they just dropped a fucking nuke on themselves for this big battle. Exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah. That would be more interesting I think because now we know we're not going to repeat that structure. Mm-hmm. Well, could
0: could we also say that this is the first time that evil has lost?
2: Yeah, or that, you know.
0: Yeah, cuz I mean, the fact that I have evil gods as the losers, that might not be the case, you know. It might just be like, oh shit, wait. The the outcome of the war has changed like fundamentally. That might be kind right. of interesting to explore as well. Yeah. Hmm. Well, maybe it'll come up later. Maybe we can talk about it. Actually, Daniel, maybe one of your tenets can guide our hips in the right direction.
2: <sighs> well, I have one that gives some um, rules to the gods. The other one could help with this. So I'll go with the one that could help with this. Mm-hmm. I was looking at the progenitors, which seem to be they don't necessarily have to be the gods. They could be, they can be separate, completely separate. Mm-hmm. So right. my... Th- Tenet says that the progenitors come from a time in the past when the gods were intact and they're opposed to them philosophically.
0: Uh, Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so now what we're doing, so what I hear from that, Daniel, Mm -hmm. is the God War is not necessarily between the gods themselves, but progenitor race and the gods. Or,
2: I mean, given that they're evil, like, they could be between whatever proto-life existed out there in the time before, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. I could see it be being between these giant cosmic entities and other races, as well mm-hmm. as other giant cosmic entities, because they're evil, so they are probably turning against each other, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 again, I just find something kind of appealing about, like the the progenitor races that mm-hmm. literally topple the gods like that to me is yeah. like, wait that sounds like a really fun story actually because it's like we didn't yeah. expect to win what the fuck do we uh-huh. do now? you right. know like that to me sounds like kind of cool i'm like let's do let's do that can we do that can we do something like that maybe yeah i mean i see them as fighting it does sound yeah. yeah
1: especially because like in the prompt they're described as super advanced so like maybe they did eventually develop a weapon that could kill a god and explode it across the mm. universe
0: yeah, exactly. And then somehow make life from that. And that's why really mm-hmm. they're progenitor races, because they're literally creating life as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's almost like the, the races that exist didn't evolve from that progenitor race, but that progenitor race just made it possible for life to happen.
0: Yeah. They're, they're the reason for life existing, which like yeah. makes them gods in their own right, kind of, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Right. I like it.
0: Yeah, that's That's pretty fun. I mean, like, bam, mm-hmm. cycle broken, right? We take care of phase <laughs> prompt right there. Mm-hmm. We're not doing the cycle anymore because this has never happened or it has not happened at all in this in yeah. the timeline. That's dope. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, boy. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, Courtney, wing us back around. What is your second tenet that you're working with?
1: Uh, my second one is that there is a massive celestial serpent that roams through the universe in search of God remnants to eat.
2: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> Weird. So, so
0: there's some kid on his phone playing snake right now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there's, there's a cosmic child playing snake. <laughs> very Raised by Wolves, a series that I will defend, even though it's now dead.
1: Oh, is it Raised by Wolves?
2: Yes, <laughs> very much.
0: Just, huh. yeah. Oh, see, I'm thinking like Norse mythology, like your manga, the world yeah. serpent. Uh-huh. You know, that's yeah. That's where
2: my brain goes. Yeah. Which is awesome, I'm sure, inspiration they pulled upon, you know. Oh,
1: probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, I bet that like Raised by Wolves is probably just like the the Nordic mythology retold with a sci-fi twist. Like so that that tree that the person gets turned into is just Yggdrasil or something nonsensical
2: like that. So they um, are from it seems like uh, uh, antiquities, Christianity, like Sol Invictus sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I mean, of course, that also borrows from all the other religions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. There you go. (laughs) The
0: bleed between Abrahamic religions is so interesting to me. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, we're just going to borrow from like the Bhagavad Gita, but like not tell anyone about it. You know (laughs) what I mean? like yeah, that to yeah. me has mm-hmm. always been really interesting but okay we're getting we're getting <laughs> off topic here a little bit but,
2: and the stake makes me think that perhaps it was the weapon of the progenitors then because oh. if it's eating god bits you know it might still be because yeah, it's attracted to them uh-huh. yeah. yeah
1: that's what i was wondering too if it's if this is their like super advanced mm-hmm. weapon that they unleashed upon the gods yeah mm-hmm.
2: and it's still so it's always a danger because it's still doing the work even though it's defeated the yes. gods
1: yeah. And if these worlds with life on them have God bits, like it's oh. eventually going to show up and be like, oh, this mm. looks like a good snack. Yes.
2: Oh, <laughs> now, now it's just story forming, like seeking out yeah. the predators yeah. to understand the snake, all that, you know, yeah. Yeah. it's a
0: Galactus entity. Yeah, absolutely. It mm. mm.
2: also, I like that it sets the gods a bit, a step removed. So we're not dealing with that anymore. Now we're dealing with a mm. more, not mundane, but a smaller, more conceivable threat.
1: Yeah. It's, it is easier to imagine. I mean, obviously a, Cosmic serpent is still pretty big, but like in the grand scheme of things, it would be tough if we had to build out like a pantheon of of gods that are already Mm. dead.
0: (laughs) Okay, wait, wait, hold on. Mm. I'm thinking now of Nidhog. You remember Nidhog? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I'm like, wait a minute. That's that's basically what it is now, isn't it? Oh
1: man, Daniel, did you ever play Nidhog with us? I don't don't know what
2: that is. I know the name is familiar because it sounds like something from Norse mythology. It is. It is. Yeah,
1: Nidhog is an indie. uh, video game that's um, it looks very simple. It's basically you're fighting against simple. an opponent and at the end, if you win, you are honored by being consumed by Nidhogg, the oh, yeah. serpent. Nice.
0: <laughs> <That's It's> great serpent. It's <laughs> stupidly fun, especially as a fun. party game. Like, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh it, it, it is perfect for hype moments if you're like with friends and stuff like that. Um so so wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on instead of if if we want to do this right maybe we can just say that uh like being consumed by the world serpent is an honor or like is like Mm -hmm. not necessarily something to be worried or uh, afraid of
1: so like you get like launched out into space with a bunch of like god stuff around you and you're just like hoping to be eaten by the i mean like well
0: no no because it's like I'm thinking that, like, being consumed by the world serpent is a representation of, like, apotheosis or, like, ascension in some way, right? Where – and it's Mm -hmm. not like you become a god. It's more like you meld with the universe or, like, the Mm -hmm. stuff of creation in and of itself, which is kind of neat, I think, but – Mm-hmm. that might know. be
2: interesting for a sect that believes that yeah yeah Good. that's
0: what i'm thinking yeah yeah
2: because i could see that that sect believing that fully and them actually being villains in the sense that they they don't realize that like so for example they want to offer up whole worlds to this thing to mm-hmm. so create a yeah. for everyone on it yeah yeah yeah. And then yeah. The other people are seeking out the and realizing oh this was a weapon and it's full of the bits that make people turn evil because it's mm-hmm. consumed them and they're like, fuck, this is terrible. Mm. We've got to stop them. But the 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 zealots believe it and genuinely, you know, like they think it's a good thing.
0: Yeah, yeah they're like they're like heralds of it coming. So like they're mm-hmm. they're basically out there with like a, a stick and a carrot. Like, <laughs> yes. like, like guiding <laughs> the world gone. serpent.
1: <laughs> I love the idea of them offering up worlds for this thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. They, yeah. they explore around and they're basically like imperialists, they just show up in some like less advanced world or yes. less, uh, less cruel worlds and are like, Hey guys, nice to meet you. Good that you saved all this God stuff for us. Uh, in a few days, you're all going to be consumed in the, mm. the fires of the world. serpent.
0: <laughs> yeah, it ah,
1: everyone. Ah, you ah, know, like, have you
0: heard? And by oh the way, okay, normally it would be like, Oh, they're hypocrites because they've, you know, like they've saved their own world by diverting this thing. I like to imagine that they're just an armada that they mm, have yeah. in fact committed to the bit and oh, like they the sacrificed their world yeah like that. like, That's cool. they yeah. are true yeah. believers in this world circuit uh-huh. like yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: it could also be like a, a form of them feeling like a sense of control over this thing if they know yeah, or they yeah. think they know how to guide it and how to like honor it but in reality it's this fucking cosmic being Ooh. that is just hungry mm-hmm. okay
0: Kit, can, can we talk about maybe like the consequences of the cycle being broken here? Because it's like maybe this world relies on the gods to start the world over once it ends. But what happens now is that entropy, like the, the eventual heat death of the universe exists and it is being like sped up by the world serpent or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, like that's kind of an interesting yeah. take on it as well.
2: I mean, at a minimum, the threat it poses is that um, I imagine despite the insanity or whatever is caused magical insanity, or I don't know Mm. what the effect is of of interacting with the God bits is I'm sure that civilizations have turned it into something useful because Mm -hmm. it seems to be like, if it's like magic, that means it's a sufficiently advanced technology. Right. Right. So so that would, I would assume then it poses a threat to eliminating that power by consuming all the bits and all people who have those powers
1: Mm -hmm. Mm. in a way that's a form
2: of entropy because you're reducing um, like metaphorically speaking, you're reducing like the order in the universe, like that's created by having these
1: powers. Mm. Yeah, huh. I'm wondering now too. Like, are stars the god stuff in its purest form, and that's what it's really eating?
0: Oh, um, that's kind so of it's interesting. like yeah. snuffing
1: out the the light. And I mean, I'm sure there are worlds too where there's like a higher concentration that it'll gobble up too. But like,
2: are the bits in those stars?
1: Yeah, like if it eats the star. And then you're sitting on a planet nearby in that solar system and you're like, ah, oh, shit, mm. like we don't uh, have a sun anymore.
2: That's cool. Cause you see the, the snake like diving into the star and destroys the whole star system. Yeah. Um, I could imagine the bits being like embedded in the star. And that's so like, mm-hmm. you're like a, a worshiper or a magician or whatever they're going to call them. You'd have to go to that star and like study near it. It's probably like stations uh, built near yeah. it to learn. It also reminds me of the dying earth series, um, that d and d 's magic is based on um, the uh, what's his name Jack Vance Jack Vance, yeah, um because in Jack Vance, like the ion stones um they're forged in stars, and mm-hmm. the little devils okay. that live in them that give spells to wizards like come from that star stuff, which is kind
1: of neat okay. that's interesting cool. yeah I like that interesting cool so like you need um that resource to be able to use magic, and once your sun goes out maybe that's like kind of it for your world. Like you mm. don't have magic anymore, unless there's a really big concentration on your on your Probably earth. Probably dead too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, dead for <laughs> other reasons, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Mm. It also would mean too that, because we said that the life comes from the um, god bits. So it, it makes me think mm. then some of certain stars have this, explains actually the origin of life in a way that makes scientific sense too. The certain stars, it's not because they're in a Goldilocks zone, it's because the star stuff is in the star and it's radiating uh, the energy of yeah. life. So that's why life
1: only occurs in certain places. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So it's like a different class of star yeah. in, in addition to the ones that we already have. Mm-hmm. We
0: we can also do like a Superman thing where it's like, oh, under the, the light of a red sun, you know, like you're empowered yeah. by certain things and it's just like oh. it just differs between like, because I imagine that there's like purple suns and green suns and blue mm-hmm. suns out there, you know, stuff like that. Which is true.
1: Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah.
2: Uh, are there purple suns? Um, Purple is deep blue. There's blue yeah, stars. I have yeah. to check purple. I don't know. Let me see.
0: Well, Daniel, you don't need to check because they exist in our world. So <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> I'm
1: trying to, to really know if, if it's a yeah. real
2: thing. Purple. I don't think so. Purple.
1: I don't think so. No.
2: Let's see. Oh, the violet stars. Yes, there are.
1: Oh, oh neat.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, so 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 uh, we we've got a really interesting set of tenets thus far. One thing though, and, and I wanted to clarify before I go into my second tenet, but the, the last line of the actual prompt is but what about their story? I am mm. under the assumption that our narrative focuses on the progenitor race, the elder race as as Commissar Whiskers calls it. Yeah.
1: Are we under that assumption as well? No, that's a good thing to to loop back to because I had yeah kind of forgotten about that uh, part of the prompts, but that is okay. it's good to keep in mind. Yeah.
0: Right, because like my second prompt is uh, that the progenitor races have splintered off and have like effectively become hermetic and like uh, there there was a conflict that happened after the God War that has caused them to like retreat and retract from society, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of what I'm interested in exploring is that like, oh, it's their story. So what are they doing now? You know, like, why have they gone off and like, why have they effectively left these races made out of flora and fauna, of the guts and stuff like that to kind of flourish on their own, you know?
1: So are we talking about the period like after the war, but before this race totally dies off? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well,
0: I, I'm trying. I think what I'm trying to do is explain why they're not actively like cultivating races and like being gods on these planets themselves. You know?
1: Yeah, I'm just referring to the the part in the prompt that says they're always long dead, except for mm. one guy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, but like I, I think what what I interpreted from the but what about their story? Like
1: I'm, I'm inter- right, in right. like that part. I'm just saying, like in the the timeline where it is, yeah.
2: Right, 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 right. I mean I like the I like the idea that if, if the answer to what what about their story is why even though they're gone now they're long dead why um did that happen right if they had mm-hmm. such power in the right. beginning so I guess the question is like and I like the idea that there was a conflict among them yes. maybe some yes. philosophical disposition that led them to separate and then like withdraw so I like mm-hmm. that that also could mm-hmm. be a question answered by the implementation of the world building so if you're yeah. writing the novel or you're, you're creating the RPG, that might be the question that that work answers, you know? And, and, mm-hmm. and the, the players, because it seems so far that the the protagonists or the players are trying to figure out how to deal with the serpent and the zealous worshippers of it, right? Who are sacrificing worlds to it, at least in one mm-hmm. run of the story. And mm-hmm. one way to figure out that is to figure out where the progenitors are and then to mm-hmm. get to the progenitors, you have to understand what happened to them. and what they care about you know
0: yeah yeah i think that's that's a really great point daniel like as long as this the focus is the story of the progenitors like let's Mm -hmm. find out what happened to them i think that i'm actually really okay with that you know like yeah uh, and, and oh man my brain just going on it's, it's on fire right now so because i'm thinking a couple of things one we can loop in courtney's world serpent and like that's like the origin point of their conflict right like yeah they yeah. didn't believe that the world serpent was the correct choice to like defeat the gods right like that's an easy one but then also i'm like oh well you know if we want to focus the narrative around the progenitor's story how do we involve them like i'm thinking that if we involve Ayun stones or something like that, then there's fragments of their personalities that mm. are effectively being like reborn or or at least manifest in part in like this new race of people, you know? So it's like, oh, you're able to experience the progenitor's story, but only if you possess, you know, like some aspect of them in a mm. way, you know what I mean?
1: Interesting. This is reminding me a ton of uh, the Outer Wilds, which I still need to actually go back to and, and replay. And beat. I
0: still need to play that. I played yeah. like an hour of it. I'm like, damn, this game is awesome. And then just
1: never touched it again. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome, <laughs> but also like such existential dread.
0: I mean, yeah, when you're when like one of my first things that I did was reenacting the scariest scene in 2001, a space odyssey, like just spinning into the infinite abyss that is like yeah no it it, it, it crosses a crisis a little bit yeah a little bit bit.
1: um but yeah i like the idea that the main characters are like hunting down clues for this ancient ancient long dead civilization and like Mm -hmm. finding out things about them through these various means whether it's like interacting with records that they've kept or like Mm -hmm. holograms or meeting them Yeah. Or like some sort of like ghost, like apparitions or. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
2: All of those things sound awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think the depiction of them, or it really depends on what you want to do in your setting. Right. But it should be something I think um, glorious or um, uh, what's the word like awesome in a traditional sense mm-hmm. because yeah. you know if we're talking about this from a magical magical divine perspective like the gods of mm-hmm. the gods but then these things are the closest equivalent to that, so that's like angels you know that's mm-hmm. one way to go about it you know if you're doing a strict mm-hmm. sci-fi you might take a deep space nine approach and so we know what kind of aliens these are but they do have a stranger mm-hmm. of like a higher dimensional mm-hmm. one for example yeah
0: i'm also thinking that like whatever technology or whatever like magic that they use it makes them look and feel like completely alien compared to one another even. Mm-hmm. So for some reason I'm thinking of Stargate where it's like the ancient gods just had like snakehead helmets and like Anubis helmets and shit like that. Do y'all remember that?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's like, Oh, it's not like that. They were jackal men it's that they had the, the technology right. that made them look that way. Right. And I think right. that that's a plausible way that we can kind of make them feel really different and alien from one another if we just varied up based on like what they wear and what kind of powers that they might have you know
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because yeah you're talking about splitting off into different groups so i imagine there was some Mm. like divergence in appearance from that point depending on how long they survived
0: yeah yeah well let's move on because daniel you still have your second tenet sir so let's hear it what do you got
2: for us well, I my attendant is designed to ground us in um material reality and science fiction. So <laughs> the <Ugh>. gods seem um, <laughs> divine um because they're governed by a localized physics that originates in their pre Big Bang space where they come mm-hmm. from. Um and the same is true of their guts. So the effect of this being that the closer you get to them, the weirder the space surrounding them becomes, mm-hmm. which is perceived to be magical. And so um, the use of their power, quote unquote, is almost like creating your own little reality bubble that mm-hmm. uses its own physics. And so that's really that's cool. Really what's happening. Yeah,
0: the, You're right, Courtney. I'm definitely getting Outer Wilds vibes now just because mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, you go to that place and the gravity is insanely different compared to like other planets and stuff like that. So. Yeah. yeah that's that's really cool the episode when you say reality bubble can you say a little bit more about that um so our
2: universe is its, its own reality bubble where no matter mm-hmm. where you are in the universe the rules are the same so and i'm also thinking a little bit of um Ravenloft, incidentally um so that's what i mean by reality bubble is um you know like where the star which you know doesn't drive with our understanding of the actual stars but that would mean that in the star there are regions that don't follow the same rules because that's what the little god bits are embedded Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And, and the possession which i guess we could go with um you know like the, the jack fans approach to magic in that mm-hmm. sense the possession of these things then means that around you you're able to change the rules you know
0: okay so does that mean that the world serpent in its wake is causing this like it is a massive reality warping it is like a tidal wave of reality
2: because it's yeah Yeah. guts in it yeah Yeah. exactly yeah Yeah.
0: so it's like the rules constantly change and are at odds with one another so it's like just being in this thing's presence it's like nigh impossible to even look at from Mm -hmm. mortal eyes and then on top of that it's like oh boy we've got to contend with all these different varying realities and rules and physics yeah that sounds dope as fuck
1: that is very cool so
2: instead of you know your traditional magicians you know you've got a bunch of people on a research station next to the star or even a black hole or whatever they're trying to um figure out okay what are the generalized rules for this particular you know stone or Mm chunk of the god that way we can replicate and use them and understand them you know
0: yeah man just like the exploration bit is really fascinating too because now whenever you go from star system to star system you're forced to contend with new rules and mm. like just just the learning curve alone is like kind of a fun thing that you can introduce into if again if we're looking at this from like a game perspective but there's so much that you can do with that that's really dope
1: yeah and i like that it emphasizes like the idea of exploration and research and I know Absolutely. we're we're not doing the main quest until next episode, but there's still the idea of like, we could be following a team of researchers who mm-hmm. are maybe mm-hmm. tracking the serpent and trying to figure out where it's going and how to stop it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, also researching all the progenitor race stuff that we talked about.
0: Yeah, I, I would like to contend a title for the episode, which would be In the Wake of the Cosmic Serpent, just because like, if you're just following this thing, like studying the effects of what it leaves in its wake is going to be a fascinating, you know, like kind of scientific expedition, Yeah, I was thinking Sun Eater. Oh, sure. Let's go for it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: In the wake of the Sun Eater. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds cool.
2: The novel could be the serpent's wake and it seems so misleading Ooh. because like reading it i'm like oh a serpent what does that mean it's a metaphorical and then there's like a giant ash literal serpent you know there's
1: so a little giant snake eating something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah well i guess the author
2: wants to plan <laughs> yeah and
0: they're like well uh, it's a bit on the nose i know it? like, fuck you yeah oh <laughs> uh, well, that's good that's good i love that okay uh so are we ready to do a recap here because it sounds like we're kind of there. Yeah. Courtney, you started us off today. What was your first tenant?
1: Yep, that was that um even though life descended from the god bits, those remnants are extremely dangerous to life itself and mm. you know, flying through a god bit nebula or walking through a field of it um isn't going to end well for you. And we had talked about potential effects of that like losing your mind or your body deteriorates Mm. or you just die instantly but we didn't quite decide what exactly and maybe it is something Mm. that it depends on the bits themselves since um it seems like each each area could have like a different effect on you so it's unpredictable
2: it sounds like the rules, the, was of physics changing, would have extremely deteriorating exactly. effect yeah. on you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Daniel, yeah. I'm
0: so glad that we're on the same page because I have the uh, same exact idea where like, whatever yeah. rule they break suddenly is affected They're by fun. the human body, and that's not good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you, your body doesn't want to be breaking the rules. Uh, the rules
2: of physics are very tightly knit like you change any of them and things go drastically wrong.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Our bodies are used to being a certain way and when you start changing things, it's not good. It's very yeah. not good. Yeah.
1: yeah. To reference the uh the topical titan sub recently. But, oh, <laughs> oh, right. The idea yeah. of like if you're stumbling across like some god stuff and suddenly you're exposed to like 500 atmospheres worth of pressure and your body just implodes. Mm. Yeah. Gravity is a hell of a mistress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, like, I know that's separate, but like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm just thinking about like, all of a sudden, you know, like your blood is too heavy to travel or something like that. You know, like Like, uh, all the fun things that we can do with reality warping that can
2: fuck humans up is really great. I mean, if any of the fundamental forces change like our atoms fall apart like that's how bad that
0: yeah, yeah. yeah oh man all of a sudden like the laws of physics are, are like tweaked slightly and bam shit goes wild oh that's so fun yeah yeah
1: that also makes like space travel so insanely dangerous like super
0: dangerous Holy like shit. if you're yeah. flying
1: along and you're in what's supposed to be a safe zone and maybe like a meteor or a comet comes out of nowhere and it's like oh fuck what if this has god stuff in it we are going to be obliterated <gasps> oh it comes that's here. so good yeah what yeah,
0: a terrifying experience that's mm-hmm. awesome
1: you yeah. also you also then could have
2: magic items quote-unquote like for example i could see um the research facilities having banded together across various worlds to create say um containment fields that allow you to transport god chunks by local mm. further localizing the physics like yeah. determining where the boundary is of its radiation of the reality bubble and building mm. a sphere around it so you can safely transport them that kind oh, of oh, that's thing. cool yeah yeah, that's I dope like
0: that. i like that a lot yeah mm-hmm. oh boy this is exciting i'm i'm really i'm really digging this one <laughs> this, is, this is a great group effort mm-hmm. uh my my first tenet was the gods that are referenced in the God war are straight up evil and they wanted to consume and destroy the universe. And that has worked out very well. We've got like the, the progenitor war now that is also the God war. Like I'm really happy with that as turned out as well. So yeah, I, I I'm satisfied with that tenant.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it works well and uh, makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, cool. Uh, Daniel, what was your first tenant hit us with that reminder.
2: If the progenitors come from the part in the past when the gods were intact and are opposed mm-hmm. to them.
0: Yeah. Again, we blended all that together beautifully. It works out. Oh. We've got like all that good stuff. Cool. OK, mm-hmm. uh, Courtney, your second
1: tenet. Uh, that was that there's a massive cosmic serpent flying around the universe, eating god remnants.
0: Considering that that is like central to the premise, I think Mm -hmm. that we've we've done that pretty well. I think so, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So my second tenet was there was a conflict between the progenitor races that happened that has split them off to be aloof and uh, mysterious to the other races. Uh, But subtitle, subtweet, subquote that the story should very much be about the progenitor race or at least understanding the progenitor race in a more Mm -hmm. complete way. Yeah. Uh, Again, I'm feeling happy about that. I feel like we've justified a lot of that stuff. A lot of really interesting lore has happened surrounding that. So that's dope. So Daniel finish us off here. Uh, What is your second tenant, sir?
2: This is that the uh, God bits have localized physics that is, in line with where they came from, but not ours. <laughs> Absolutely. And and uh, I'm feeling very satisfied with that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same.
0: Excellent. All right. So we've got our recap. Do we have any questions that we need answered before we roll our twist?
1: Uh, I am curious about this one uh, one wizard-looking guy that the main characters will meet.
2: Yeah. I also, I, I was picturing in my head too, like, trying to find like a living progenitor might be a matter of like oh maybe you go to this world and there's like a tomb and but it's protected by all this ai technology mm-hmm. and there's an adventure to like get to the tomb to awaken the holograph of this person mm-hmm. kind of, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff like that because the progenitor's mm-hmm. knowledge is so important you know
0: so mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do something i think that i think is a really cool idea I like the idea that you get to this progenitor's tomb, you open it up and the progenitor is still there alive. He's just been like, I've done this to protect you all from me. Or
1: like he's doing it as penance or something mm. like that. You know, like mm. yeah, that could be cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's like the engineer behind the, the sun eater serpent.
2: Oh, mm. that would yeah. be really good. Yeah. Cause mm. like, you have to find out why that progenitor, that's a good reason why. Mm. Yeah. I mean,
0: alternatively, he could be there imprisoned by other progenitors. Like he
1: cannot have yeah. created it. Ever having created yeah, it. Like he's exactly. basically like a major war criminal for <laughs> Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Oh, now I'm getting like Ridley Scott vibes. Sorry. Oh, more
1: Ridley Scott vibes. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Wait, which kind of Ridley Scott vibes? Like engineer Ridley Scott. You know? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah okay. I, I love l- right. l- guys. I love Prometheus. I don't care. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't mind it. I didn't need it. Yeah
0: as an alien movie there's Mm -hmm. definitely some like okay there's things that I like that are really bad about it that I just can't help but like and like some of the them are
2: how dumb they are that's exactly how
0: dumb yeah. Okay. With the with the original aliens, like okay, you're a yes. bunch of like space miners. You're not supposed to These be the smartest dummies. people out there. Yeah, there's like <laughs> I'm gonna take my helmet off and poke gonna, my head as I'm close lick to this, this alien's, alien's
2: head because that's I'm the best way to learn about it. I'm just gonna come. snuggle it and I'm just yeah. like. Oh my god! It's like I could yeah. put my pants down and just attach it to my. I, mean, I literally to... was going <laughs> to say like,
0: god, that. Like, it's horrible! What happens if I stick uh, a dick in this alien? Oh Let's god. find out. You like, <laughs> know, it's, morons. It's, that to me is like really like offensive. Like how dumb they are. That's the thing that is is difficult for me to get around because I like believable characters, and those are not believable characters.
2: Yes, so true. <sighs> okay. <laughs> okay.
0: Um. Oh, we're, we're going, you can tell we're excited about the prompt, right?
1: Like, that's what I love about this. We're talking yeah. about the
2: progenitor potentially having been the engineer of the snake and he's mm-hmm. in prison because what the fuck? Why did you create this? As, and, he's
1: a yeah. monstrous war criminal. <laughs> a monstrous <laughs> yeah. war criminal
2: from yeah, a certain exactly. point of view. Yes. Alleged. Yeah. Oh, Alleged. Yes. Yeah. I'm inclined yeah. to believe he's like an Oppenheimer, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Oppen. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm actually listening to a podcast series mm-hmm. on Oppenheimer right now, and I'm going to get back to you about that. I
2: want to see that movie. Uh,
0: I'm I'm not going to watch it. I'm interested. But I'm slightly, I'm vaguely interested.
2: Mainly because of the actor. I love that actor. Yeah. Kelly well, like, like, awesome. Murphy is,
0: is attractive, mm-hmm. and yeah. he's a good actor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fair yeah. enough. Okay, we're we gotta move on. <laughs> we, we gotta roll this twist rather than talk about how hot Killian Murphy
2: is. <laughs> uh, another oh, that'll be a patron episode. How
0: hot Killian
1: Murphy. <laughs> how hot is Killian
2: Murphy? Yeah, yeah,
0: an entire aphid lounge of like, these are the most attractive actors. Like <laughs> no,
2: no, it's just about Killian just
0: Murphy. Yeah. I really only know him from like Batman and the Peaky Blinders. Twenty eight like, days think later. Twenty eight
1: days later. My mm-hmm. favorite. Oh
0: yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, I forgot yeah, he was yeah. in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. That's a good movie. That's mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's one of my probably, favorite zombie
2: movie of all time. I was going to say mm-hmm. that's probably yeah. the
0: best zombie movie of all time. It's oh not the God. most influential, but it's probably on. the best. Yeah, one hundred percent.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. all right let's roll this twist yeah. because we're yeah. clearly going a little off the rails here and the twist is killian murphy
0: Yay. oh my god wait hold on i'm gonna add that to the twist list right now. I don't, I don't know what it means but it's in there there we go doing it live on the podcast all right new twist killian murphy that's it that's the only thing about the twist all right so our twist this time is There's an unreliable main character slash narrator. So Mm, that's a fun one. I'm excited to see what we do with that for sure. Uh, And a big thank you to Commissar Whiskers for the prompt. And remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to go subscribe to us on YouTube to help the algorithm and help find more listeners for us or just link it. Actually, that might be easier if you're just like, Hey, I like this podcast. Listen to this episode on YouTube episode on YouTube. You can do that. Now that's available. Just share sharing. The podcast is a great way for us to be incredibly grateful towards you. That is not monetary. Although if you do want to support us monetarily, guess what? Y'all we've got a Patreon. If you want to give us money, if you're feeling particularly generous, you want the double episode links, you want the patron-only content, you want the patron-only Discord, you want to listen to Too Hot for Broadcast, because man, Killian Murphy sounds like a Too Hot for Broadcast episode, you can do that by supporting us on Patreon. The link for that in the description. That's going to do it for this episode of World Builder with us. Remember that we love you very much. We're going to get through this together. Until next week.